I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about the anxious avoidant trap. So one of the things that we teach all the time is about attachment and attachment styles because it's really our basis of love and the relationship that we had with our caregivers forms our ability to attach and bond and connect with other people. That's right. Now, we talk about there are secure attachments or insecure attachments. And if you're insecure, it typically is anxious or avoidant. Right. There's also the disorganized attachment style, but that's less. It's a little bit less common. Yeah, it's yeah. less common. That's the word. But it does happen. And if you were passed around from your mother to your grandmother to your aunt to the lady down the street, you can end up with a very disorganized attachment because that's what your experiences were, kind of disorganized and as a little one trying to expect and figure out what to do with each of these people. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is many anxious people are drawn to avoidant people and vice versa. And when you have an anxious person dating an avoidant person, it seems to be this circle of right. one person chasing the other person letting them get close and then running away and then the other person chasing them again, yep. right? It's an endless cycle because one person wants more closeness than the other. Now, the other thing about that is, is in some way, I wonder if the anxious person is avoidant too. I do too. Because the I anxious well. person is chasing after somebody they can't ever get close That's to. Right. So in a way that's avoidant yep. because they're not typically attracted to anxious people that are, they're clinging together, right. which is fascinating, right? Yep. So we're going to talk about what happens, this pattern, and then we're calling it a trap because Margaret did some research uh, from the book Attached. I haven't read this book. Yep. I've heard of it many times, but I haven't sat down to read it. Um, but Margaret's been... It's a very good book. It, it, again, it puts things in a different way mm -hmm. um, than some of the other material that we've we've used but I want to share with you or begin to share with you the anxious avoidant trap the only other thing I'd add is the major fear for the anxious person is abandonment yeah the major fear for the avoidant person is engulfment yes as if this this close relationship will take them over and make their decisions and make them not be an independent person yeah but to that I say you can have it both ways. If you're willing to work at it, you can have a relationship that respects one person's abandonment fears and the other one's fears of being engulfed or smothered. But you have to really work at it. But it's got to be on the table. Yeah. yeah. you got to really work at it. Yeah. And it takes time and effort to really change that yeah. and become more healthy yes. and more secure because otherwise you'll keep unconsciously doing the same thing over, over and, and over. over again. Yeah. yeah. Expecting a different result. Yeah. yeah. So okay. let's talk about it, Mark. All right. Um, 
Here's what these folks share with us. When two people in a couple have colliding intimacy needs, then their relationship is likely to become more of a storm-tossed voyage than a safe haven. Safe haven, of course, being a reference to secure attachment. Yeah. Here are some examples. So in other words, there's going to be a lot of turmoil. Here are some examples of what we mean. Yeah. And here's a little case. The dirty laundry case. Okay. Janet, 37, and Mark, 40, have been living together for almost eight years. Okay. For the past two years, they've been having an ongoing dispute about whether to buy a washing machine. Mark is strongly in favor. It will save them a lot of time and hassle. Okay. Janet is adamantly opposed. Their Manhattan apartment is tiny and fitting in another appliance will mean cramping their style even more. They both become highly emotional and it usually ends up by Janet clamming up or Mark exploding. Mm -hmm. Gee, that sounds like fun. Okay. And then he's probably mad. Well, because you spend so much time doing the laundry. Yeah. If we had it at the house, we have more time together. Another valid point. <laughs> and here's the next question. What are they fighting about? To get at the real issue, let's add the following piece of information to the equation. When Janet does the laundry, it's on weekends, and she goes to her sister's place around the block. This is the sensible thing to do. Her sister has a washing machine. It's free and less trouble. She then idles away the entire day there. Did, did I call it or what? Yes, you did. <laughs> I didn't even read yes, it. See, I, exactly you, what I thought. You're so smart, I can hardly stand it. Janet has an avoidant attachment style and is always finding opportunities to do things without Mark. Mm -hmm. For Mark, who has an anxious attachment style, the desire for a washing machine is really a wish for something else altogether. To Time be, with her. To be closer yeah. to Janet. Yeah. When viewed in this light, we can see that the washing machine dispute is only a symptom of the real issue. That's right. The fact that Mark and Janet have very different needs when it comes to closeness and spending time together. Yep. So it's very important to always ask people, what do you fight about? And sometimes you get, you know, you get an answer that gives you a clue as to what's going mm -hmm. on. But I, I could <laughs> sense it right off the get-go. Yes, I'm you like, could. What, what possible reason could it be? And I thought, time away to yep. do the laundry. But then it, she used that as an uh, excuse or a reason. Right valid or not yep. to go to the sister's house and spend all the time over there right. and then he's sitting there alone and there again we have a family of origin issue and mm -hmm. those are always tricky to deal with yeah i think he should go to the laundromat with her <laughs> then yeah then she'll want to get it <laughs> <laughs> right tell me has to do is no tell her she has to do her own laundry mm -hmm. anyway one more little case study naomi 33 and kevin 30 have been saying, seeing each other exclusively for six months okay. and have a couple of disagreements they can't resolve. Okay. Naomi is upset that Kevin hasn't unfriended a couple of ex-girlfriends from his list on Facebook. Mm -hmm. She is convinced he is flirting with other women. Mm -hmm. Kevin, on the other hand, doesn't like the fact that Naomi makes a habit of calling him whenever he's out having drinks with his pals. Mm -hmm. So he screens her calls. Kevin believes that Naomi 
has serious abandonment issues and is overly jealous and he frequently tells her so. Naomi tries to control her gnawing doubts and worries, but they just won't go away. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can see this one's ready for a disaster. So there is no hard and fast relationship rule about keeping ex-girlfriends on your Facebook account uh-huh. or remaining in touch with them. There is also no right or wrong when it comes to phoning your boyfriend when he's out with friends. Yeah. In certain situations, these behaviors might make perfect sense. But Naomi and Kevin's disagreements are not really about these questions at all. And that is why they're unable to resolve the issue. She, the co- she's afraid he's going to abandon her. Sure. And he's feeling smothered and trapped that he can't go do things with his friends. Their yeah. conflict is about how close and committed they want to be to each other. Kevin, who has an avoidant attachment style, wants to keep a certain distance between himself and Naomi. Yep. And he does so using various strategies. <laughs> he remains secretive about his comings and goings, and he stays in touch with old flames despite Naomi's obvious discomfort. Now, that would keep her at a distance. I was going to say, it would Absolutely. start an argument, and sure. then they're going to fight, and then he won't get smothered right. if she's so annoyed by him. Yeah. She'll, they, they have a fight, and then she doesn't want to talk to right. him. People do a lot of things unconsciously to sabotage things. You have to become aware of it. Yep. You have to, otherwise you'll keep doing it. For her, Naomi, for her part, tries to get closer to Kevin by eliminating the barriers and distractions he has placed between them. Yeah. So she knows that much. But without his genuine desire to get closer, her efforts are futile, after all. It takes two willing individuals to create intimacy and closeness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Both of the cases we've described have one thing in common. While one part partner truly wants intimacy, the other feels very uncomfortable when things become too close. This is often the case when one of the parents in a then one of the partners in a bond is avoidant and the other is either anxious or secure. Mm-hmm. but it's more pronounced when one partner is avoidant and the other is anxious. Research on attachment repeatedly shows that when your need for intimacy is met and reciprocated by your partner, your satisfaction level will rise. When couples disagree about the degree of closeness and intimacy desired in a relationship, the issue eventually threatens to dominate all of their dialogue. We call this situation the anxious avoidant trap because like a trap, you fall into it with no awareness and like a trap, once you're caught, it's hard to break free. The reason people in an anxious avoidant relationship find it particularly hard to move toward more security is primarily because they are trapped in a cycle of exacerbating each other's insecurities. And then they have a, a nifty diagram, which would be hard to reproduce for you. Um, but you get the idea. Sure. Um, so the, the anxious partner keeps pushing for more closeness, and the avoidant partner says, you're not taking over my life. <laughs> I want the relationship, but you're not taking over my life. Yeah. 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 It's a very interesting trap. And, you know, I suspect that there are more layers to it, too. Oh, Like, sure. you know, maybe the anxious person purposely 
sabotages it because they're feeling too close. And so they get upset about something even though they don't necessarily uh, get bothered by it. You know, they think, oh, I can't believe he's doing this again. Oh, it's okay. No, no, I'm going to. And they feel too close and then they start a fight. And then they start a fight. Yeah. Really, oftentimes, not having any idea what they're doing. Most people find it much easier to understand and admit that they're anxious. It's hard to both understand and admit that you're avoidant. I was talking with somebody this week who was describing exactly this, that she had a major need for closeness and her boyfriend had very little need for closeness. Um, and the anxious people always blame themselves that yes. the avoidants don't want to be close with them. And yes, that's they do. very painful. Yep. But there's more to be said on this subject and we will follow up. Absolutely. We'll definitely do some more videos on this. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this one and the research Margaret did. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. If you feel like I can be helpful, please feel free to sign up with me. And from now on, Craig has to do his own laundry. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So click on Margaret on the top of the website to schedule a Skype with her. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.